Hello, hello. Thank you for joining us for Sister Wives. At first, we were thinking, okay, let's do two episodes. We'll kind of get caught back up, be on our schedule. But then we were thinking, like, why delay next week's episode? So we are giving you three episodes today. We're going to give it to you like Netflix. You can binge it all at once or you can take your time throughout this week and next. But either way, wanted to make sure we gave you a good dose of Sister Wives content. Yeah, we were contemplating so many strategies for this release. And eventually Ellie was just like, ah, fuck it. Let's just do all three. Yeah, why not? (laughs) Watch the episodes. We're good to go. So thank you for dealing with all of our travel and kind of wonky drop dates for all of our episodes. We really appreciate it. No one has said anything mean. I really appreciate it. One more trip. We leave tomorrow. Going to Grandpa's Ranch for his 100th birthday. Leon and I are on decoration duty. The tent is going to be delivered the day after we get there. And then we're going to go ham. I don't know if I'm ready for this. (laughs) Now, I've gone to the ranch before. But uh, it's kind of like the ranch the Browns visited in Wyoming. Mm, Yes. There's, I I mean, they had way more animals. But there's, the same as them, there's not much going on. No, so there is no cell phone service, there is no internet, and sometimes there's TV. Yeah, your mom said that the storms or the rain's pretty bad there, mm-hmm. and I saw in the weather like a lightning strike. I'm like, like okay, for days. clearly we're not going to have power <laughs> Like already. I'm, I'm, pre- I'm pre- preparing myself for not having water. Yeah, we're going to be roughing it. I'm already stressed out. I don't do very well roughing it. I don't camp. Just not, not really into it. I like... A bed and a bathroom. (laughs) Back to the episodes. Yes. Once again, I don't know if it's these early seasons, but at this point we've solidified the jump of 20-ish minute episodes to a solid 42-minute run. Mm -hmm. So much incredible content in these early seasons. I was just going to say that every single one of these three episodes had key brown lore in it. Bangers. Amazing. Like, even if the episode itself isn't amazing, there's like a few minutes every episode, which is just totally worth it. Something we'll get into. I'm kind of sneak sneak peeking it here. I think it's in, in the second or third episode we'll cover. I You always share old Reddit story. Well, not old Reddit, but like Reddit posts of older seasons to mm-hmm. me of just interesting things people have seen on a rewatch. For example, Robin kicking a dog that for somehow <laughs> nobody noticed or in social media, it just wasn't a thing for us to mention this and talk crap about a reality TV show. But there is scenes in here that I don't know if they've been mentioned on Reddit. Oh, definitely. That I am really excited to deep dive with you or at least express our opinions on this scene. So good. Picking up where we left off, season two, episode eight. If you guys remember, Winter Wonderland, the saga to get up to the cabin. We are finally settled and everyone's playing and have a good, having a good time. And then Cody will quickly ruin that. Even having this cabin, which for a family this size is tiny, you are yeah. in a you know, you know, compressed environment. <laughs> Everyone's getting sick. Oh, yeah. There's no if one, getting around If one it. person gets sick, you're all getting sick. Something I found interesting. Do you recall how many rooms the cabin has? I think it's like four. Maybe. It's, I don't even think it's four. Maybe. Like, that's being generous. Let's just say all the moms get a room. Okay. So all the rooms are taken. 
Yes. No, no kids are sleeping in a room. They could be sleeping on the floor in a room. It's interesting that they never show the Browns, at least when the cameras show up, when they're ready to film. They never really show the sleeping arrangements. I think one, because it'd be really weird to show 15 kids <laughs> in a living room. Yeah. Uh, just like sleeping bags everywhere. Be like, yo, this is like a little too much. I just found that interesting that we don't see that setup. I think, well, either they don't want to show it because it's too chaotic or there's no way to show it. Like you would not be able to walk around. So you like put your sleeping bag out and then just clean it up, shove it on the couch of jackets. Episode starts with a beautiful sunny day, everyone playing in the snow. And then just like the previous episode, we go back and forth a lot between very serious, sad, stressful investigation and like cute kids playing in the snow. <laughs> it's just kind of strange to go through both of the, both of those things consistently. So the investigation has been officially turned over to the county and Cody says they are seriously considering moving out of state. Robin just says, we just really shouldn't be here anymore. We need to be somewhere else. Ma'am, you just got there. Ma'am, you're new here. You're new here. We mentioned this a lot on the rewatch. And as we're watching the shows live that, and this is going to last for a lot of seasons. And I'm sorry if you get tired of us mentioning this, but Robin has that sort of new friend in the group energy where you have to make yourself a part of the conversation. Even if you don't have anything to add of value, you just yes. sort of have to voice some opinion to solidify in your mind. Yes, I'm a part of this group. A lot of the times when I see these sit downs, someone like a Christine who's been here forever, Janelle might say something, but then Christine's kind of like, you know, just kind of hanging out and like, mm -hmm. okay, yeah, I get that. But like, I feel like Robin always has to voice her opinion. She not only has to voice her opinion, but she has to do it from an angle of, I have always been here. And that's what's the strangest part to me is like, I mean, there's so many examples in these three episodes. And that's kind of what makes it so good is she'll say things and it's almost like, okay, you know, the photo she had made like handmade Photoshop yes. of her, the kids yes. and Cody. She like does that in every couch confessional with words. Do you know what I'm saying? I, think, I said I that think the most the issue, roundabout way. No, the issue people probably have and the one we have is that the way you're responding to these scenes, it's almost like you're coming from a place of wisdom but one, you've never lived this situation. You've never lived in polygamy. Yes. And you've you've only been with a family eight to ten months. Mm -hmm. I mean, these people have decades together. Yes. So for you to come on so strong with your opinions on actions as a whole, I think is like st you're going a little too far. It would drive me crazy. From the other wife's perspective, I don't know how they dealt with that for so long so we find out that the older kids have been told about the move maddie says she wasn't going it's not going to happen she's just going to stay there and logan says that he has a very limited amount of time to tie up his loose ends this is daddy logan in full force <laughs> it is coming from such a young age to say I need to tie up some loose ends. I'm like, sir. So sweet. What loose ends do you have? <laughs> He's taking care of a bajillion children. He needs to make sure everything is smooth. He probably has the most detailed routines every day. Honestly, he probably envisions 
how much of a clusterfuck it's going to be. Oh, yeah. To, just imagine them going on this short trip. This is like a two, three day trip. A lifetime move. He's like, fuck, I'm going to have to do so much work. Yeah. So thinking of, per, you know, the move, not the move, the going up to the mountain and like you said, what a cluster it was. Did they, with the knowledge that they're moving, really need to do that right now? Did they need to even take this trip? Could they have given themselves a little more time? Or is it truly just not brown fashion? Well, the Browns do this thing where, you know, I get it. It's their their faith and religion. And I, don't, I don't knock people's faith and religion, but they they talk in ways of, you know, this was a sign or this was mm-hmm. needed or oh, this, is the, this is the message I received. <laughs> yes. or, and I believe on this vacation, they said we really needed, and this wasn't like a religious connection. It was just, we needed this time away from all of the stuff that was going on at home. That so is a very good so point. it's almost like a temporary escape to just relax and enjoy everyone. I see what you mean. Like it's not, you know, in the timing might be weird because in, in, some scenes it's snowing mm-hmm. or there is snow, but when they're moving, it seems like it's all gone. So yeah. like time has passed That's since true. that trip, since the Christmas. We're back to kids having fun. They're getting ready to go in the hot tub. Everyone is super excited, having a great time. Did you notice the Christmas tree was outside with no decorations on, just like on a pile of snow? And I was like, you guys work too hard <laughs> to just have that sitting out there I now. did not notice that. But something I have picked up lately is how fast Dayton seems to be, I don't want to say making friends because they're your siblings. Yeah, but, but he fits in well. He, yeah, he fits in so fast. I mean, he's like a goofy little kid like everyone else. Yeah, um, It is super cute to see. Compared to his, you know, full siblings it seems like he did the best job of just quickly forming those bonds. Mm-hmm. He's a sweetheart anyway. So, I th- yeah, easy to kind of get along with everyone. So while the kids are in the hot tub hanging out, Cody being the butt he is just throws a huge block of snow into the hot tub. These kids need to get rid of their stress, leave them alone. <laughs> it's funny how the the idea of this trip is sort of rest relaxation get away from the stuff going on in lehigh but then here's dad playing a joke on the kids and it wasn't even funny no i would have been annoyed as a kid like if i'm in a hot tub i'm trying to chill i don't need you to throw a fucking ice block in the hot tub i get he's trying to be playful but i'm gonna give cody a hard time always so (laughs) i can't i can't give him much credit i mentioned this before but i wish i could reenact ace's impersonation of Cody because I know exactly (laughs) what he would do for Cody talking and throwing a block of ice. We cut to Mary, Robin, and Cody all on a sled going down a little hill, if you will. There's, how would you describe that? Like a snow wall, an icy wall right at the end of the small hill. An accumulation of snow. Yeah. Yes. And so they were kind of sledding and smashing into the little snow wall. Kiddos, it's all a good time. Mary slid so fast, she completely cleared it, but she landed so softly. Like they replayed it and it was like, she was able to just like catch herself on her feet. I do love how they tried to create the drama, but even on, the, re- even on the replay, I'm like, she it doesn't even look like she hit the side of the house. No, she was totally up before even hitting. 
Though I do love the multiple angles that we got of it. We got it on the outside and when like Logan and Christine were in the kitchen. <laughs> There's like multi-angle and dramatic reactions. Yes. Everything we could want. On the couch, Robin says that the kitchen in the cabin felt like Christine and Mary's kitchen. But in the same breath, she says that maybe she should assert herself more. Christine responded, that's what it is. You should assert yourself more. When you come over to the big house, that is our kitchen. And maybe you don't want to infringe on anyone. You don't want to make anyone uncomfortable. Robin says, yeah, I never do. Mm, Doubt. (laughs) Cody talks about how pleased he was to see all of the women in the kitchen knocking hips, bantering back and forth, and having a lot of fun. You hated this energy. I think I just yelled, like, (laughs) from the couch. (laughs) It's just not... You know what? Okay, well, no. This is where my point comes in. Robin, you know, always needing to please her best customer, then follows that up with... Cody got all doughy-eyed saying all my wives are in the kitchen together cooking. And all I kept thinking was, yeah, and these wives are looking over seeing their lump of a husband just sitting on the couch. You know what's interesting? Hmm. We never see Cody playing or taking care of Truly. No, ever. At this age. No, we saw him hold her like once. I've seen the older kids collectively and individually Hold Truly more than I've ever seen Cody hold her. I've seen Dayton hold Truly multiple times. Like, I've seen little kids that are basically, like, almost Truly size, like, trying to hold Truly. Like, you would imagine a, a, a family that's trying to sell who they are to us as this giant, big, polygamous family, loving, religious. You'd think they would want this shot of the loving dad holding his baby besides just childbirth. He was so disconnected by this point. And it sucks that it's always kind of... We see a lot of examples of him keeping Christine and their kids, like, an arm lengths away. It's just something I never... Like, you just don't think about these things on this initial watch because you're kind of just taking things at face value, but... I was also totally in for the message. Look at this fully functioning polygamous household. So I didn't catch anything. But as I'm watching this, I just, it just keeps coming up. I'm like, oh, that's cute. Like truly being held by, you know, whoever. Yeah. But I'm like, I've never seen that from Cody. That's so weird to me. Yeah, it is. Our queen, Janelle. We get a very Janelle moment. Janelle says when it comes to cooking and cleaning that her skills are lacking compared to other things that she can do. She says that she will just dis- disengage in these scenarios. Nah, I don't, I don't wait, know if wait. I like that. I don't know if you, <laughs> if you gave us the full force of that. Oh, no, we're still going. Because more of Janelle a- mentions it in she connects cooking and cleaning. And is like, well, I just disconnect myself. And I'm like, wait a minute. If you can't cook, why can't you help clean? Because it's Christine will cook and Logan will clean. I don't know. I I mean, with that many children, I feel like you have to do one of them, right? I wonder if they just have such a system. I don't even know. I mean, Logan's Janelle's kid, so she could just say, yeah, go go clean the kitchen. Yeah, I think that's what happens. Janelle talks about how in the early years that she would be called lazy. And so those old tapes replay in her head. Okay. You know who that was. Okay, hold on. While this is playing out, 
if you look at Mary, <laughs> it's almost like, bitch, you better not say what I think you're going to say. I know. You better not fucking call me out. It was a serious face. Like, Mary's always like, ha ha, and kind of trying there, to smile. Mm, but mm. this was an instance where you could see scary Mary coming out. <laughs> Guys, the breadcrumbs, they're right there. And Amazing. the whole time she mentions this, you said to me, who do you think said that to her? Yeah, there's Defin- one person. Definitely not Christine. No. She was too bubbly and wanted to fit in. She's not calling anyone lazy. Do I think it was Cody? No, because I don't think he... I don't know. I feel like at that point, he was like a little nicer. And that leaves one person. <laughs> Christine asks what she can do to make it better. And Janelle said nothing. Just don't expect much in the kitchen when we are all together. That's all right. Set that bar real low. <laughs> <laughs> I just love how Janelle's just so chill about like, yeah, don't expect anything from me in in that (laughs) realm. I I just love that energy. (laughs) I am here so I don't get fined. Then the Brown family tradition of Christmas Eve PJs and a fashion show. I'm all for like corny holiday tradition, so I'm here for it. Very cute. Little kiddo strutting out. Little truly being held out. It's very cute. Christmas morning, everyone's opening their gifts. Everyone's super excited. Mary starts tearing up when she opens Robin's gift. And it was of two sisters dancing. And I thought, how fucking dare you? As far as we know, this is her first holidays, correct? Holiday with the whole family, the kids, the whole thing. And you are already creating this weird slight divide. I can't remember. I think it was for Robin's. Oh, yeah, the clatter rings. (laughs) <laughs> yes. But everyone got a clattering. Yeah. Now you're giving another sister a gift and it's really just between the both of you. It's not sister wives as a whole. Why yeah. didn't that statue have four individuals? Or yeah, or like four ladies holding hands. I don't know. It's just, it, I didn't like the divide. Of course, I say that now. Like at the time I was like, oh, that's a cute gift. But like, no, you're new. We are not trying to create these individual parties or trying to sell this one family thing I wonder buy if this, two of them <laughs> yeah i wonder if this comes from naturally you're forming relationships robin must have seen early on and it seems like a lot of robin's initial interactions with the brown family was with cody and mary mm-hmm. so i'm just i'm wondering if she just happened to form a much stronger bond with Mary very early on and sort of cling to Mary as in Mm -hmm. help me through (laughs) this process of, you know, being a part of your family. Whereas Janelle's working, she has her own kids, she's another house. Mm -hmm. Same thing with Christine, very busy, truly Mm -hmm. different house. And Mary really does have a lot of freedom. Mm -hmm. Mary just has Leon. Leon's kind of Mm self-sufficient. Don't really have to do much there. So you do have a lot of time to interact with this person. So naturally, they're just forming a stronger and stronger bond compared to Robin with the other sister wives. I can totally see that. And already with you explaining it it that way, I can totally see that. And that's you met Mary first, then Cody. You form that bond. I mean, for all we know, maybe the parents also drew names. It's kind of it's kind of that thing. It's that thing when you go to a new high school and you're in cafeteria, you sit down at like a table and you're like, Well, guess these are my friends forever. <laughs> <laughs> wow, freshman year flashback. <laughs> I say that, but then at the same time I'm like, Oh, she's plotting. 
like I can always come back to that where I'm just like, oh, she knows this is head wife and I'm going to get in good graces. On the couch, Christine talks about how she got McKelty a phone since they might be moving and she wants her to be able to talk to her friends. Cody, sitting next to her, puts his arm around her and gets kind of close to her face and says, Christine, are you still confused on whether we're going to move or not? Not a fan. B. Not a fan. It was weird energy. Do not treat your wife that way. Especially she's not a child. In this moment, all she's talking about is my child being able to continue to communicate with their friends. Yes. Because you are moving. Yep. She continues to look down and does not face him at all. And she just says, yep. And all I could think about in that moment is he probably treats her like this so much of the time. And she just has to say something to keep the day moving. Condescendingly, Cody just says, okay, with a smile on his face. Robin pipes up and says she has a choice just like all of us. Christine lists a valid of reasons of why she does not want to move and tells Cody that he is not listening to her. That moment right there just shows you how quickly Robin had Cody's ear. Yes. That she's the one that could be the voice of reason for all of these wives that have been with this man for more than a decade. Mm -hmm. How does the wife of four months have such a strong hold of you already? And the other thing I wanted to mention is, why did no other wife step up for Christine? Why does it have to be Robin? I mean... We see it all the way in this season. No one sticks up for her. And I think it's because Cody kind of has a hold on all of them. No one also wants to get in his bad graces. Hmm. Christine pushes back a little bit on Cody again. He gives some lame excuse. And Robin pipes up. She says, you need to tell her why you think we should move Cody. We're throwing hands. Like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. You're talking... To this man, like, I'm not sitting right here. And that we're all supposed to be in this polygamous relationship. But no, you're doing this little shit on the side, and I don't like it. I also found Cody's communication style not appalling. That's a little too strong, but... Gross. (laughs) I guess it's not fair either, because I'm not in that moment, in that situation. I'm just watching from a couch, and I could think more clearly and just say, well, it's a lot easier if he just said this. You would not speak to someone like that. And by the way, the correct response could have been something like, I understand what you're going through. I know this is harder for you and your kids, but for our safety to keep the family together, like we need to do this. Like mm-hmm. it's just something like that. And if you really wanted to double down, you could say, uh, Christine, your grandparents were fucking split apart. Do you want our family to go through that? I don't think so. Oh, man, that's not a good style (laughs) either. Well, that's not the good style, (laughs) but that's a direct comparison that that person has lived that you could sort of reference for your family situation. Yeah. Christine then calls out Cody and says that he has always been excited to move, that he wants to move and start over again and that he doesn't want to do this anymore. And wow, isn't that isn't that a pattern that we have seen season after season? What does Maddie call it? She says they're just I don't remember, but even she acknowledges it when she moves out with Caleb and then the family moves again. She's like, absolutely not. Like I they always do this. Cody like is 
is he running from something? Is he bored? Well, it's interesting. The storyline we're being sold as is they're being investigated. They have to move. And later in later on seasons, Cody kind of describes Utah to us as sort of like the villain or like it's evil or, you know, they were basically kicked out of their, their home. I do find it interesting. This is probably because this man is like, well, no, I'm not going to say that. He does not have limited clothing because he's got <laughs> no. four homes worth of clothing. <laughs> I just find it interesting in this whole segment or series of episodes where they're essentially talking about moving out of Utah in a relatively short amount of time and sort of disliking Utah because like, why are you doing this to our family? Mm-hmm. But in these particular scenes, Cody is wearing nothing but Utah attire. It like yes. kept throwing me off. Like the hoodie, the shirt, the yeah, everything. We cut to like older kids talking about how sad they are about leaving, their thoughts about it in general. And we get one of the greatest lines in Sister Wives history. Maddie says, I'm sad to leave my best friend. I'm sad to leave her behind because we were going to be legends in this town. Good old Lehigh, Utah. Le- the legends of Lehigh. You know what's interesting? I lived in Utah for three years. Mm-hmm. Very close to Salt Lake City. Like just north of Salt Lake. Like I don't think 45 I, minutes I don't think I ever went to Lehigh. Well, that's past Salt Lake. Ever. So we just only went to Salt Lake. <laughs> But yes, I feel bad. Maddie was not the legend that she wanted to be in the town of Lehigh, Utah. Uh, but the line was just, it's incredible to see the mindset of a, of a kid uh, and just how small their world is. <laughs> Who knows what could have been? What could Lehigh have been if Maddie was there? Maddie could have been the town judge. I don't know. We don't know. We end this episode on a super sad note. Hunter is very mad. He's very sad. He talks about it for a very brief moment and he gets emotional and then everyone kind of follows. It's one of those moments where they know that Hunter never shows his emotions. Mm -hmm. So the fact that it could hit him this hard is now being reflected by the other older kids. Exactly. They open episode nine with kind of a timeline that the whole episode will be based around. So they are moving to Vegas in a week and a half. They are waiting for the school semester in Lehigh to end and will be moving before the next semester in Vegas begins. Now keep this timeline in in mind. It's important because all hell breaks loose. (laughs) So Cody, Robin, and Mary are going to Vegas to scout homes for the move. Did you notice, well, you probably did because he he had a whole nameplate and everything, but Robin's dad was there and he has lived there for quite some time. Again, something Um, you just don't really think to connect the dots. No. Of all the places they could move to, they are moving to a place where family or Robin has family, Mm -hmm. direct family, her stepdad and mom. Yes. And... Thinking back, I just feel like Wyoming would have just been more of a logical decision. It would most likely be cheaper. Yeah. Now, family there as well. Lots of family. I mean, you guys have whole ranches there. Yes. And I'm just like, what's the tie to Vegas? What? I mean, they never say it, but I mean, it's there. I would say the, the cons against Wyoming would be just the 
you know, school and, and, and college setups and how close are they to the, where the ranches are just things for their children to still be able to have a home base, but then go to, go to college. Oh, do you mean like there's not like a big state university close? Or? Correct. Okay. I just don't know if there is one close to the ranches. I don't think there is. Mm, yeah. Who knows? And no offense, but I kind of get it. Really fun to visit the ranch. Don't know if we want to <laughs> live in the ranch. As I'm currently panicking about going like, to the ranch, Cody, I feel Cody you. wears gloves all the time, but he's not a rancher. No, yeah. He's a city dude. I can't give him too much crap. <laughs> oh, I can't either. That's me. So no, 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 no shade there. Oh, the, um, the amount of panic buying on Amazon that has happened over the last 24 hours, because this is the last bit we can order before we're cut off. Timeline wise. I'm such a wuss. I'm buying like mosquito repellent, oh. <laughs> fucking lotions and bracelets. Yeah. It, guys, we're really loading up on the luxuries. <laughs> we talked to the kiddos again on the couch and everyone's kind of expressing how angry they are. And they go over the fears and needing to stay together and what's going to happen if they decide to stay here. And in this moment, I realize I feel like they're echoing a lot of what their parents have said to them. And I'm wondering if maybe we didn't use such intense language. I don't know. Maybe it maybe it would be a little bit better for the kids. Like, I feel like everyone's just so scared right now. I see what you mean. I think there's two sides to this. There's one side where very real. You're being investigated. That threat is there. But on the other side, I'm thinking... I know it's because you're public figures at this point. You're publicly acknowledging that you're polygamous. You live in Utah. It's not legal there. So the city's thinking, well, we need to do something like there's so much evidence. Like we should do our due diligence. But on the other hand, I'm always thinking in how much danger were you really? Because there are other polygamous families in Utah. And in a way, if they prosecuted you, they would have to go after every polygamist family. Yeah. So I think the rush to move was a little overblown and that might've been a little bit for TV. Uh, although I don't want to discredit them and thinking like, well, you were actively being investigated. Yeah. So uh, I don't want to take that away from the family. I would like to point out that we saw possibly one of the last clips of Fajita Cantina. Gwen and the kiddos were outside playing in the snow. Gwen is singing happy birthday to Savannah and then smashes her with snow in the face. And then in the background, there is Fajita Cantina. I hope they took that with them. I hope not. <laughs> no, we can't we'll, put it we'll, by we'll, their new we'll vacation We'll talk about home. the move in a bit, but it's almost like they didn't take like 40% of their shit. Oh, I'm, I think a lot of what they took was not correct. We cut to a scene of Logan calling out Cody and this was chef's kiss beautiful everything i could want in a scene cody is doing the dishes and bitching about it as he would logan standing there and points out that he only does some dishes on friday and points it points out that he does dishes every single day cody pretty much brushes it off and says hey dayton come over here and help load the dishwasher can't even just load the dishwasher This guy does nothing. Something I thought was interesting at this point, I would imagine that Janelle's put her two weeks in. Mm -hmm. Cody seems to have a really good relationship with his boss. He probably just said like, Hey, 
I'm moving to Vegas, so I need to use all my time off and then I'm out of here. Uh, I don't even think I, they would have done that. <laughs> I feel like Cody's like, all right, I'm out. <laughs> well, I, I see what you mean. And probably the move weighs a lot on someone and that thought process. So you're probably thinking, well, I'm still not going to help even if I'm not working. Mm-hmm. So while the house hunt begins, Christine, Janelle, and the kiddos are planning a surprise party for Mary. Robin says that she hopes that Mary won't find out this time around. Ma'am, have you been here for her previous birthday? You're new here. What are you talking about? (laughs) So someone has described past birthdays to Robin, but now Robin has now lived these birthdays. That's exactly what it is. She hears about something or knows of a tradition and she's like, yes, that's what we do every year. That's what. Yeah, I participated that in 1998. (laughs) their friends came in clutch jen and Corey did the catering for the party for free good advertising worth very very good advertising worth it cody and the wives are on the couch talking about how they expected well hoped for a plural type home in vegas and it really just doesn't exist there cody talks about how important it is to say goodnight to each wife every night and Robin has to add her two cents and talks about how important that is as well. Like, the, there was no need for the interjection. He's talking about his relationship with his wives. We don't need your backup as the new wife saying how important that is. I would have respected it more from any of the other wives. We finally see the birth of the idea that is the cul-de-sac. There were two homes next to each other for sale in a cul-de-sac. And that's kind of where it all began. So it was interesting to see how the idea is presented, but it doesn't really materialize into anything. Mm -mm. And even for follow-up locations that might work, it's almost like that might work. Okay, that didn't work. So now Mona is at this point looking for homes that are close to each other. So it's almost like the cul-de-sac disappears. You know, it's it's not a possibility. Alternate solutions it's amazing to go through this again to see the birth of the cul-de-sac. Yes. That is some of the most amazing, I think some of the most amazing times the Brown family has had, some of the best seasons. And I mean, it's Vegas. I mean, I know it's not the strip, but like, I love Vegas. It's Vegas. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm here for it. And this is, I think, the first time we meet the legendary Miss Mona Reiki. You know, 100%. she's doing what she can for these people. Can you imagine the size of the family, their location requirements, their credit history? Yes. The fact that Mona got this family in the situation they eventually get into. Amazing. Is that, yes, Robin, you believe in miracles. That was a miracle. <laughs> Moni, Mona Reiki was your miracle. That was a 100% a miracle. <laughs> So Cody is talking to Mona on the phone as Mary, him, and Robin are out looking at houses and these two houses that were for sale next to each other. Mona says that she was speaking to a couple of her lenders and while financing is definitely going to be difficult, that she does have someone that has four new homes in a subdivision and he's willing to work on work with them on financing. In this case, these would have been four fairly completed homes or almost completed Mm -hmm. yeah they're like finishing touches 
And this was in a cul-de-sac. They weren't the only people in the cul-de-sac, but these four were in a cul-de-sac. This is another thing I always found interesting with the move, at least the timeline that they're describing to us, because I, I feel like the scenes that we see of Mary, Robin, and Cody looking for homes in Vegas to the day they move, I have a feeling those are probably multiple months apart. Like, I don't mm, think it really? was... You know, I don't know. I, don't know I feel like if this it was, is pretty on point. If it was like 30 days, within 30 days, I mean, just closing on a house in general takes yeah. so much time. There's so much paperwork. They're it, real it, casual about I guess, this. <laughs> I, I know they did it in the dumbest, most fucked up way, but mm-hmm. I just have a, this really hard time thinking you could move without locking down homes or a home for your family i couldn't do it with just us can you imagine plus like 16 people no absolutely not so they arrive at the four houses for sale and instead of waiting for mona to arrive they just decide to walk the brick fence between the houses i'm scared of heights so i'm definitely not doing this but it felt like high risk little reward like you'll get in when she gets there i wish you saw an neighbor be like uh what are you guys doing (laughs) (laughs) mona arrives they are let into the houses for a tour robin is recording videos of the walkthrough for christine and then they arrive to the main bedroom cody says he heard voices sing when he saw this room it's definitely mine and christine's room he says I would like to point out that this is the same shit he sold in Flagstaff. Literally, basically line for line. He heard voices sing. Again, not this is not a religious connection, but sir, no, you did not hear voices sing. <laughs> Stop. You could just say, I love this space. This would be amazing for Christine and I. You could just say that. But the way the Browns do things like this whereas like robin might say a miracle or a sign cody says that he heard a a voice or this was a message but i'm like you know because we know what we know now (laughs) this didn't turn out to be a good thing so what was the long-term message here just selling us a story christine had a change of heart when she saw the houses she's ready to move now right now and I get that. Way bigger. Your own area, your own house. Yeah. Um, we're talking at this point, Christine is the basement wife. Yes, you can have you can have windows. You Not can only is she look thinking outside. about herself, but her children yeah. having sunlight, <laughs> windows, having a bigger yard. rooms, a bigger kitchen, a yard, your own yard. You can just go into your house. Amazing. 100%. So we see that they are going to go make an offer on these houses. Robin says, we don't have a lot of money, but we do have a lot of faith. Don't know if you can buy a house with faith. And at this point, so this is the first offer they're putting in on all these houses, and we are down to eight days to move. So I guess that answers your other question of, yes, this was actually the most absurd timeline. We cut to what I assume is Mona Reiki's office or one of the conference rooms in her office space. But Cody takes it upon himself to write on the whiteboard numbers that don't need, we're talking about financing. We don't need these numbers on a whiteboard. You don't need to present these numbers to us. Mona's probably like, what the fuck is this guy doing? (laughs) No one's ever done this. I guess not many people are trying to buy four homes. (laughs) No, but he is 
Like, oh, there's a whiteboard. There's a marker. I have to have attention on me. Here we go. So he writes down the square footage of the four homes. Does not do the calculation. Just puts them up there, puts one number down, and then just says, yeah, it's going to have a lot more room. It's like, yeah, it's like (laughs) twice the size of our Utah home. Yeah, it's just... Thank you. We needed to see that non-completed calculation on the whiteboard. Mona probably gave you all of this information when you first got there. Yeah. While all of this kind of house hunting is going on, we see Christine, Janelle, and the kiddos prepping for the party. They went and got some fancy costumes, a disco ball, all this good 70s stuff. Everything is in full swing. Everyone is hiding for the big surprise. And there's a camera outside following... Robin, Cody, and Mary up the stairs to the house. But then we also see three little kiddos following them into the house. So Robin's kids either went with them, which I think is a low possibility. Maybe see grandma and grandpa. You never know. Or they could have been with grandma and grandpa while they went house hunting. Yes, but not bad. Or they were left at their house with a nanny. Because I either, vote for option two. Okay, because either way, Robin, I mean, from the beginning, Robin does not let her children be watched by Christine or Janelle. In this moment, they are preparing the home for Mary's birthday and, and decorating and all this fun stuff. You'd think Robin's kids would want to be there for that. Oh, I'm sure they would want to, but their mom does not want them to want that. It they was, probably it, didn't even give them, like, tell them what was going on. Again, it's like one of these early signs you don't really pick up because you're kind of just watching the show, just enjoying it. But it's there. Yeah. It's been there the whole time. What was I watching the first go around? (laughs) Because I picked up on none of this. So Mary is very surprised when she comes through the door. It was nice to see her so happy. Her face lit up. It was a great party. Me and you joke that her 70s shirt, her tie dye shirt was better than anything that she normally wears. (laughs) It was just like a nice t-shirt. The fact that we saw anyone in just one shirt. Well, I think there was long sleeves under it, but it was still, it wasn't three. It wasn't the tank tom with a shirt with a sweater. So it was cool. It was nice to see casual. No, it's like long sleeve blouse top with like a jacket thing over it. It's, It's just too many layers. Three layers minimum. So we find out that the offers on the houses were not accepted, and Janelle says that there is no plan B. Cody then says, we're moving in seven days and we still haven't told the small children. My gosh, why did they do that to their kids? Just no care for how they felt or how they're going to react or anything. Before we saw the next episode, I think you recalled it as they told them the day before. So eventually we find out that they tell them three days before. Yeah, Friday, correct? And they're moving on Monday. Because we, could you imagine as a kid, you find out you're moving tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Like that is just the ultimate like gut punch. God, a Friday even. But I, I mean, even a Friday, I mean, you just got out of school. Pro- you're not going to see your friends and Ever. you're out of there. Yes. Not good. Not good at all. I mean, you probably have like little kid plans like, oh, semester ends. We'll be on winter break or whatever it is. And, you know, I'll catch up with you in a week. We'll go ride bikes. I don't know. Whatever kiddos do. (laughs) And now you're just your whole life is turned upside down. Your little world that you're comfortable in, that you're happy in, completely ripped out from under you by your parents. That sucks. 
We end this episode with Cody on the couch crying and talking about how Christine's dad's dad moved all of his wives to different states and they never got back together again. He says, now it's personal. Now we own this story. Mm. Flash forward to now, we moved all the wives and no one got back together. Now, one of the craziest episodes in television history, I'll say it right now, is episode 10. This episode had everything. Drama, left and right. You couldn't write this because you would say, no, this would never happen. You would not break down this many times. This is basically, for people that are fans of The Office, remember the scene where it's a fake fire that was put on by Dwight? Yes. And it's just a complete clusterfuck (laughs) of action going on. Everyone is doing the... Everything you would not want someone to do, everyone's doing. Yes. Now, in comparison to the Browns, literally every single thing they do (laughs) is what you shouldn't do when moving a family of this size. And you're right. Like, if somebody was producing this shit, you couldn't make this up. No. Because you'd be like, oh, that's not realistic at all. That many tires can't go out. (laughs) Or like, oh, you'd plan more than this. Yeah. So we start this episode with a family meeting. Cody is not good at breaking this news at all. He starts it out with, who likes being a family? What? That's strange. He breaks the news. We are all moving to Nevada. And the kids are so confused. It doesn't stop, though. No. Says we're moving. Everyone's so confused. And he follows that up with we're moving in three days. And the kids' hearts break. Now you think it wouldn't get any worse than that. (laughs) No, it keeps going. A little bit of conversation is happening. And then he says, oh, and you can't tell anyone. Excuse me? Yeah. So so, I'm a a 12, 13-year-old kid here. We're moving when? Three days? (laughs) I can't tell anyone? You mean to tell me I can't tell my friends and say goodbye and tell them I'm moving away? No, you just have to disappear. What is wrong with this man? It is not good. And the fact what? that there was so much, like, everyone agreed on this plan, wild. What is, what is this thought process? Uh, little Payton's going to say bye to one of his buddies. His buddy's going to talk to his dad. It's like, hey, I heard the Brown family's moving. Okay, son, let me call the cops. Exactly. Like, like what? No. That's weird, dude. Like, I totally understand and acknowledge their fear, but this was not it. The kids, the older kids that were told, had a little bit of time to marinate the information. And Maddie asks, what about Leon? This scene is so interesting to me because Leon seems so ingrained in their church community. Now, I don't know what Leon's up to religiously now, Mm -hmm. but I would imagine they're not as close to their religion as they used to be, but they tied two things to it. The religion aspect, but also the, the plague school that they attended. But it was fascinating to me that that plague school was not accredited. Like you're not going to, I mean, I guess you can get like your GED and then go through like college, community college and like work your way up. But Mm -hmm. probably naturally you wouldn't sort of have a, an easy, an, straightaway path to get to secondary school or like advanced schooling. No. And a lot of the time, if you go into college 
With the GED, I believe they make you do like a bunch of prerequisites mm -hmm. that you wouldn't normally have to do. Now, what I'm trying to get to is that it's fascinating that Leon is one of the few brown kids that have gone to all the way to a master's program, mm -hmm. which I think is really interesting compared to where they were at this age. They're or thriving in... I don't want to say regular school, but, you know, non-polygamy school. Mm -hmm. Maddie asks Cody, do you know how weird they went with just the family going to public school here? <laughs> Put them on blast. More kids say that Leon should have a choice. And Cody says, where we go one, we go all. This is something that bothered me because one of the main, if not the main individual in this situation to be punished by law would most likely be Cody. Mm -hmm. Now, I always wondered why it was never a possibility, and maybe they talked about it and just shot it down, of you're already moving. Like once you move, you're quote unquote safe. Why couldn't Mary and Leon just chill back a little bit, give you guys time to find more homes? Like you already owned this Lehigh house, so why do I have to move? And I could have kept my child in there, you know, if everyone's saying they should have a choice. Yeah. I always thought that was interesting that that wasn't even an option. I do think that Cody should have went himself. But like, you have to think that's like a whole new, like if he's renting an apartment, that's another expense. So like, I get it. But man, I don't know. Again, there's just so many ways this could have gone better than but what even, they're I'm, doing. I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but even in the process they're in now, they're just renting a rental for a month. So he could have gone down and gets gotten something together. And then most of the wives move, even if Mary stayed back a little bit. Exactly. No, I completely agree. And I think that's much more realistic with just having Leon and skipping ahead. The fact that they still had the house, they weren't selling the house. So during this family meeting, Mary encourages Leon to tell their dad how they feel. And it kind of just, they start crying. They talk about how they want to finish out the school year, that they are not a kid, even though they're, they are viewed as a kid. They then take out a piece of paper because, you know, this has been marinating for a while and they got a list. <laughs> they're going to go down the list of why they should be allowed to stay. And number one is that the dance is in a couple of weeks and the other two cannot do it alone. Uh, no offense, Leon. Even the start of your list is a little <laughs> kid energy. <laughs> Cody says that he understands, but that's not something he's comfortable indulging in until after they're 18 or beyond that until when they are married. We cut to an interview of Cody on the couch and he says that he understands what they're feeling. He is leaving his career. It's like, that's different. It's way different for a kiddo. Also, I would like to point out that he said like, 18 or preferably until you're married and he's kicking out kids left and right now well no 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 he's kicking out janelle's kids left and right <laughs> i also do find it interesting that it's always the 18 which is the you know the u.s standard of you're an adult go do whatever you want no one's an adult at 18 i didn't like the energy cody was putting out here where even if someone had a valid reason or maybe even in the even that time he shared with Christine of she didn't want to move. It's almost like he was trying not he, what he was trying to do is avoid having a, a patriarchal moment. Like he didn't want to just oh, yeah. like 
put his phone down and was like, I don't want to hear your shit. We're all moving. <laughs> but, you know, in his mind, he was thinking that. Oh, yeah. He was like, shut your mouths. We're all moving. Yeah. Like, don't bring anything up to me. Oh, he but, never wants but, to be bothered. But in the fact that he's selling this to us, he can't really do that. No, especially around cameras. It is Saturday now. We are at Robin's house watching her kind of start packing and they are leaving Monday morning. Robin says that she was angry at God, but always believes in miracles. We cut to a scene of her speaking on the couch and she talks about how it's been her fourth move in two years. She then loses her shit saying, I thought I was here. I just unpacked boxes a couple of months ago. I get it. They, they, they didn't get the luxury of planning this ahead of time because it would have been nice if Cody could have told her, hey, you, I wouldn't unbox everything because we're probably going to move. But do you think if this investigation didn't happen, would they have moved? Yeah, definitely. They're, I don't think they would have kept this like Robin rental Lehigh house thing going on. Yeah, do you imagine over time it would have sort of bothered the other wives that this new wife gets this entire home to herself and that cody's like really never home like he just lives there and they have the lehigh house yeah because i regardless of where they live this pattern was going to happen i I, think i guess my count devil's advocate to that would be if the investigation never happened and they got a bunch of tlc money or whatever they could have worked on finding a place in utah that kind of had that environment for them which inevitably would have been some kind of cul-de-sac thing Potentially, but then I just keep thinking back to Cody being like, oh, he has to move every three years or whatever. Whatever his time limit is in one place. But I see what you mean. It was, or from Robin's perspective, it was hard just for us to move in at this house. Oh, yeah. So moving (laughs) two to three times in a year and a half, wild. While we were at Robin's house, I need to point out that at one point, Cody was packing four purple dress shirts. Different styles, different types but four purple dress shirts. This dude, I swear to you, must have like over 50 dress shirts. Oh, that's, yeah, that's all he wears. Easy. Also, I think purple's Robin's favorite color, so of course he just brings all those over. (laughs) We then go to Janelle's house where Logan is helping pack up the kitchen and they're packing up all their cookbooks. And Hunter is in the background and he says he wants to grate his head on a cheese grater. Janelle just kind of sighs and says, Hunter is struggling today. Can't blame him. Three days. We then see quick scenes of Christine packing as well as Mary and Leon. And the writing on Maddie's wall is wild. There's just Sharpie everywhere and quotes and sayings. And it was so much. Would you be down for your kid writing on the walls? I don't think so. I don't think so either. But maybe if they agreed to paint it. No, I don't think so either. Yeah, I'd be like, I guess yeah, you're definitely painting that. Because, <laughs> like, I was a poster kid. Posters on every inch of my walls. Sure. They but even got I, fancy 3M tape. You could just tape it up and take it down. No, but that's not what I did. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Always just little pins. Hundreds of holes in that wall. But I was the one to fix them. So I'm like, eh, I guess it's all the, right. The legend was not going to fix these walls. Yeah. Who had to paint that? Uh, maybe a family member. Oh, you're right. We cut to an interview of the older kids on the couch, and Maddie says, If you have a mistress, people are like, wink, wink, good job, man, you the man. But as a man who wants to take care of his women and her children, it's against the law. 
Maddie's just so spicy these days. <laughs> now, are we getting to the scene where Robin talks about the America she grew up in? Almost, almost. Okay, I'll hold my thoughts. We then cut back to Mary packing, and she has saved 26 copies of her sister's obituary. And her and her mom are using some of them to pack now, which I felt so sad about. Like, of course, like, what are you going to do with them? So I get she was like, well, I might as well use them. And she saved some. But I was like, that's so sad. Well, I thought this was really interesting because more than likely for the obituaries, it was either Mary's sister's husband or Mary and her mom that wrote what was going to be in these obituaries. Mm -hmm. So I thought it was interesting that you would keep the newspapers of the obituary versus having something that's more personal to your sister. Because, for example, something your own sister wrote versus something you wrote that was put in a paper. Those are still really special, though, because it's like it's a physical memento of that time. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I have obituaries. I can't tell you why I have them. I didn't know you had them. Yes. See, because in my mind... I've never had like a family obituary. Mm -hmm. So in my mind, it's like that. That's odd. Why would you keep that? I can't give you an actual reason of why. Like mm -hmm. it doesn't make logical sense, but it's one of those things where you're like, this was a moment in that time in my life. Mm -hmm. It's a physical thing. I think that's what's so special about it. I guess because in, in my mind, let's say someone very close to me passed away. Mm -hmm. I would cherish a letter from them mm -hmm. so much more than an obituary that probably came from like me or someone else, but it wasn't from them. But it's a part of that story or that moment. Sure. I guess the counter to that is if you didn't have anything from that person, that obituary now becomes like really special. Yes, totally. I was irrationally annoyed that this is a whole section in my notes that Cody is at Robin's helping her pack while he has the least stuff there. Okay. The real reason he was at Robin's, Quotey Airfingers helping her pack. Yes, you're right. Well, I think Robin probably still had a lot of shit. Let's be honest. Yeah. The main and only reason he was over there is to get away from the clusterfuck at the main house. <laughs> you're totally there right. There's no fucking way he wanted to be in there. And he's not going to help him. No. So might as well just go hang out at Robin's. So Mona Reiki found them a big house where everyone can stay together for one month. And it's not available until Tuesday. Janelle is fine with this plan. Christine is fine with it as well. But Robin is hesitant because she has never shared a kitchen with a wife before. Maybe because she was not in a polygamous marriage before. But we just like to pretend that she was. I, I have no response. Like it's, it's just so stupid. Cody gives Dayton 20 bucks in exchange for a hug for his birthday. Robin comes up and says, maybe you can buy some cool stuff for your new room. Dayton says, yeah, a video game. And Robin says, maybe a dresser. Now, if you listen to Ace and Caitlin, if you know, you know. <laughs> Why would Dayton have to buy his own dresser with his birthday money? If I was a kid that that was given my option, I'd be like, I'll just leave him on the floor. Like, I don't need a dresser. This is funny foreshadowing for this episode because later on when they finally move, they kind of do some shots of the house as it's a little, a little more empty. But you may notice that they actually leave behind a bunch of dressers. Yes. 
You can't tell me you couldn't have came back at any point in history before this house was sold and gotten some stuff. I'm sure a lot of that did happen. It's just that they're either producers just didn't care about airing any of that. Yeah. I'm sure family watched the house. I'm sure they came back and did more trips with the trailers, got the rest of their stuff, especially after they got homes. I'm sure that happened. It just was pointless to air. I hope so because they left so much and like their family shouldn't have to take care of that. Now let me set the scene for you. Leon is sitting on the couch with their side to Mary, who is sitting on a chair behind the couch. Oh, this was incredible so, television. Incredible. Mary is facing Leon. Leon is facing to the side, sitting on the couch. And she calls Leon's name twice. And they completely ignore her. Like, not, no one's saying anything. No one's here. Nothing's happening. Mary reaches over and pulls Leon's hair so hard forcing Leon to turn their head. Mary says that she was just turning their head so that they would look at her. No, that was that was a glimpse into the life. Wow. No. If you rewatch that scene, Mary's face, there's sections where it goes from scary Mary to haha, I'm just kidding. Just oh, wanted to shit, get your I attention. Oh shit, I forgot I was on camera. Yeah, because yeah. that was a serious, like, there was nothing joking about the hair pull. You made the comment that this is definitely not the first time this has ever happened. No, definitely not. I did like that Leon mentions, you're, like, hovering over me. Like, get away from me. Like, yeah. you're too close. And Mary just, like, doesn't even move. No, doesn't just acknowledge stays it. right there. <laughs> Christine is packing up all of her kitchen stuff and explains that Cody told her that they are taking all their bedding and furniture as well. Mary is also in the kitchen with Christine and says that she's not taking anything like that, only essentials. Okay. Already we are seeing a glimpse of the clusterfuck that is the Brown family moving. Yes, no communication right off the bat. We talked about this, gosh, it must have been like season one or a long time ago of with a family of this size the sheer amount of communication and organization that is required to keep this machine moving. You need that. It's not like a want or whatever. Like, no, it, it's required. Yes. The way everyone is out of sync in what they're taking, what's the plan. It looks fucking terrible. Mm -hmm. Like, why aren't we having a fucking huddle up moment, making a plan, being explicit, maybe on paper, this is what we are packing. This is what we are leaving. Yeah. Like everyone should be on the same page. This is already absurd. We cannot have any communication breakdowns. Cody goes to talk to Janelle about renting a bigger trailer because right now they essentially just have one small one that they're going to pull. Sir, that trailer <laughs> was so fucking small. Are you? Yeah. For six, let's just, let's just pretend it's 16 people. For yeah. that trailer. Oh, you're not even fitting the clothes. I, I could fit uh, two, maybe three boxes a person. Yeah. That's it. Mm-hmm. What was your plan with this fucking trailer? And especially if you're telling one wife, oh, well, we're taking the beds. And the other wife, you're saying essentials only. Like, what, it, what are we doing here? Janelle says that she does not want to draw attention to them. And Cody says, too late. Time out. Sir. Ma'am. You have a whole ass camera crew, producers, 
outside of your home all the fucking time and you don't want to draw attention to yourselves <laughs> are you fucking kidding me mm. what are you talking about janelle says that her and cody's relationship is really struggling right now because she is opinionated about the move she follows that up with i'm about to just say see you there and just go on monday myself we cut to back to the scene of janelle and cody talking about getting a trailer and I would like to point out that there's a restaurant booth in the background in Janelle's kitchen. I love it. I see you. Love it. <laughs> love it. Wherever you got that from, incredible. Probably Fajita Cantina. Probably Fajita Cantina. <laughs> let's be honest. As Janelle is mid-talking to Cody, saying, we just need to take the essentials. He just gets up mid-conversation and walks out the door. Slow clap for that wonderful communication with your wife, Cody Brown. And again, no one knows what we're packing. Probably my favorite part in this episode. One of my favorites, actually. What am I saying? There's so much upcoming. But Cody runs to Christine's house to bitch about Janelle. The dude that just says that Christine wants more than the other wives, is shit-talking the other wives behind their back, is running to a wife to talk shit about another wife. No. Adds more anger to this last season. He says, everything's going fine until I talk to your sister wife. Christine says, that's your wife. He says, no, she is your sister wife right now. Cool. That you are our leader? Yeah, aren't you supposed to be like lead the family according to you? Then Mary, Cody, and Christine are talking in the kitchen. Mary tells Cody that she thinks they should just leave tomorrow. Cody responds with, well, Robin doesn't. <laughs> Already happening. It was... From the beginning, everyone. He follows that up with, unless I get a vibe that we need to leave Monday, I'm sorry. We're planning on leaving Tuesday morning. Mary responds, why? Because you and Robin just decided it when you just went over there? Sorry, I'm just asking. A few things here. One, it's one of the first indications that we get from another wife that is already, and this is just Mary, which means every wife's already picked up on this. Robin has his ear like mm -hmm. she can make him change his mind on things. Yep. She has the final say. I exactly. And th this is where back to a long time ago where, where Gwen, I think on our Patreon was like, yeah, we're just really bad communicate or like we don't like to be confrontational. Mm -hmm. Even in this moment where Mary's trying to speak up for herself and like, why are you changing your opinion? Like, like really we should be doing this as a whole. Like, did you just decide this with like one other wife? But how she has to quickly apologize like like haha sorry sorry like just kidding or something like just voice your truth don't apologize but it's hard but you, the yeah. fact that how fast she apologized mm -hmm. after saying that was like oh i stepped out of line i need to apologize you know super quick yep she knew it was a little bit too far in the middle of moving they also decide to celebrate dayton's birthday which i know is the right thing what does Cody say? Like, oh, we've never forgotten a birthday mm. Mm. these days. <laughs> <laughs> but I know that's the right thing to do, but it's such, it's just so much at once. Such hard timing. And right after that cute scene of everyone having fun and Dayton opening his presents, TMZ found out that they're moving and now they're moving Monday and not Tuesday. So we lost a whole day. Logan being the wonderful parent he is, he's in the trailer, he's organizing boxes, he's yelling at kids that they can only take the essentials and we're not bringing all these dumb toys. Getting the job done. Where is Cody? Who knows? 
<laughs> yeah, in all these scenes, you would imagine Cody would be a part of this process, or at least organizing everyone. He's a lot of movement, a lot of, you know, gloves on, a lot of things going on, but he's not doing anything. Yeah. He's in a hurry, but to do nothing. <laughs> to watch other people do stuff. This is one of your favorite parts of this episode. We finally cut to the infamous scene of Robin saying, this isn't the America I learned about during school. As she's scrunching up her face to maybe cry. Now, I had to do some research on this because Robin's statement just seemed so stupid to me. Let me preface by saying, I have no problem with polygamy. I have no problem with whatever you want to do in your household. As long as no one's getting hurt, I don't care. But this statement by Robin, polygamy has been illegal in Utah since they became, you know, a part of the, the greater states, if you will. I mean, this is, we're talking since 1890. Oh, bring out the date. Polygamy has been illegal. <laughs> so I don't know what school you went to, but they should have told you that it is illegal. Now, mind you, again, I don't have any problem with polygamy. But if you really want to go there, the America you grew up in, and I don't know what school you went to, should have told you that it's illegal. Shout out Plague School. I'm just saying, again, I have no issues with it. But the moment she said this, I was like, let's check the books. Ma'am, I'm sorry, but you are in the wrong. Now I get it. Law takes forever to catch up. But if we really want to be sticklers about this, it is illegal. We move on to scene of Mary being just the badass mover she is. What's that weird saying? Like uh, the hero we don't deserve, but it's like the one we need or something like that. <laughs> this scene is at Robin's house. She's helping get all the stuff out because Robin is actually moving. Not going to keep the rental. But what I didn't understand is why we were packing up basically everything of Robin's when we could have just moved the non-essentials to the brown house because that is still going to be in their name. Like, that just felt so much more appropriate. Like, everyone else has to leave everything, and we're taking the whole truck of Ramen stuff. That's a very good point. Now, from what we know now, this is head wife. This is the queen. Yes. This is million-dollar home Robin. She gets this, you know, she's doing this. This is, this is what she is. <laughs> yes. Cody parked the two trucks and took the keys with him. So then someone has to go get them from him. Again, organization, communication, just another chart mark of what the fuck are we doing? Janelle is extremely frustrated and walks out and says, it's brain damage to move with this group. Frustrates me beyond belief. I feel you. I'm stressed watching this. Everyone is smashing every little bit that they can into this trailer, using a broomstick to smash it in as Mary pushes up the door. As the door is closing, Mary is closing the latches and a siren is heard in the distance. We do kind of deduce that this is not a cop siren, but rather most likely a fire truck siren. This may have been the most for the magic of television scene ever in Sister Wives. It adds to the greatness of this episode. Everyone gathers for a prayer and then it's off to the cars to drive. Christine asks, where are we going? And Cody says, we are driving till we cannot stand it anymore. Until our navels are scratching our backbones. I fucking love Christine because she's like, 
What's the fucking plan, dude? <laughs> no plans. Just go. I also need to point out that while everyone's just scrambling, get in their cars, getting kids ready, Cody makes sure to pull Robin by her jacket in for a passionate kiss and then like grabs her by the face. Why does he always have to like grab them? Just give them a nice We also kiss. didn't get that for the other wives. No, of course not. He's like, fucking get on the road. <laughs> so 11 to 12 miles in, Robin gets a light on the dash of the Lexus. I'd also like to point out, of course, Robin is driving the Lexus. But I digress. I don't want to give her too much hate. Wait, wait a minute. Don't they have a van? Yeah, that's what Christine, I thought, was driving. Or the SUV, whatever it was. Oh, you mean Robin has a van? No, Robin has a van. Yes. We ditched that for the Lexus. I don't well, know. I mean, you got it. Someone's in the, the big truck they rented. Someone's in the suburban looking thing. So yeah. Janelle's got her jalopy. <laughs> I feel like they should have taken the van over the jalopy. Yeah, I don't know. What was up. I don't know what was up with that. But you can't leave behind the fucking Lexus. No. Oh, my gosh. The fact that this man had a trailer just for his motorcycle. Dude, we, we've made fun of his Lexus of. You have a huge family. Why do you have this stupid two-door car? And then get it. Everyone has their thing, their hobbies. But the motorcycle? Of everything that you needed to bring in. You're telling people essentials. The motorcycle is not an essential. It is absolutely not. And it is the most inefficient vehicle. Like I say that about the Lexus, but no, really. The motorcycle is the most inefficient for you and your family, especially in this moment. You could have pulled way more important stuff. And you got to think, you're not, you're not like packing things on top of the motorcycle. Like no, you're going to break something. Just a flatbed with a motorcycle on it. There might be some boxes tucked around it. Nope. It was just a motorcycle. So Robin and everyone pulls over. Cody's looking at the tire and it's essentially just like right off the rim. Like at one point she was just driving on a rim. How does that happen? I have no idea. Like... Did you, I mean, you don't even have a lot of people in the car. Like how much weight is in this car? Like, I think it was more like these tires. Yes. Like wear and tear, I think, which is like, a uh, common okay. theme. Again, trip planning, like check tires, check pressure, check your, your, your fluids. Like all these things that go into big trips like this. He's like, yeah, fuck all that. Like, they did not learn from the three day trip to go to Wyoming. Did you notice eventually they hooked up the small trailer to the big truck they rented? Oh, I didn't. So they just took it off of the whatever the fuck. I just call, keep calling it Suburban, but yeah, it was, it's Suburban-like. They basically <laughs> did not hook that back up to the Suburban. They just hooked that up straight into the, the big truck they rented. We couldn't risk it anymore. But again, like planning. Well, yes. So dumb. <laughs> So as they're working on the Lexus and then Cody needs to go find a tire, Robin is transferring kids from the Lexus to Janelle's car and Janelle takes off with the kiddos and there's like duct tape on her poor car. And that's why I'm like, why didn't we take the van? Like, why didn't we leave that car that seems in rougher condition, more rough? No idea. Something to know is we kept trying to gauge like, what time is it? I know because it was dark. But I'm thinking because it's shortly after Christmas. I would imagine it just get, it probably gets dark at like 4.30, yeah. like 4.45. And that makes more sense with the, like one tire shop being open. I mean, maybe they're just the only one open late because I can't imagine there being many that are open super early. Mm -hmm. 
So they get a different size tire for the Lexus. It seems like it will all work out. It, it's fine. It'll be good to go. One mile down the road, a tire on the car Christine is driving goes out. The only spare in that car was the donut. But in Janelle's car, she had a full spare of the same size. The issue is it didn't, it didn't really fit that well. You couldn't take the lug nuts off without breaking them because immediately you could tell there was something wrong with the car mm-hmm. trying to drive on it. Exactly. Had to go get another tire. <laughs> Just amazing, right? At some point, Cody says something like, you know, we've gone over all these hurdles. We might as well keep pushing through. Mm-hmm. But the alternate way to view this as, well, this could also be an alternate sign that you're not meant to leave. <laughs> oh, maybe. Janelle, brilliant, logical Janelle. She just says, let's stay down one exit. We'll deal with it in the morning. Perfect. Good. We don't need to deal with this right now. Next morning, they get the correct tires. Four hours down the road. Now there's a flat tire on the trailer. <laughs> you can't, you can't make the, and this no. is the, the trailer with the motorcycle. I believe so. Like you can't make this up. Yeah. What are the fucking odds? While they are pulled over to try to work on the tie, the new tire issue, a patrol officer comes by. Everyone's real worried about it, but he just wanted to say to like, get your damn kids off the road. Like why are there kids near the road at all? So they have gone 200 miles in 24 hours and they are still not in Vegas. And Cody is just snapping at Christine. It is what I assume to be nighttime. They get over the hill and they see the Valley of Lights. Mary says she felt like home immediately. Cody said, Vegas is my Plymouth Rock. So dramatic. (laughs) It is dramatic considering those lights you saw we're not Vegas. They're just the first town when you get into Nevada. But it's freedom. For a split second, there is a hopeful energy in this episode. They pull into the vacation rental and they're all talking about starting a new chapter. We cut to a scene of Cody on the couch and he says, A long time ago, I looked up to the heavens and I asked God, Have you got my back? And on my 43rd birthday, he said, Yep, I do. We see everyone kind of exploring the vacation rental and the kids still not being very happy. And Maddie is standing in the doorway, pissed, Pissed. absolutely pissed. She says, I hate it here. I want to go home. A natural response from a kiddo that just moved. Very natural. And dealt with that? Dealt with that type of move? Yeah. So that was the end of the episode, but I would like to point out one thing. Sure. This vacation rental is huge. Hot tub, game room, darts, Mm. pool. Sure. Great. There are four bedrooms in this house only. Four. Okay. One for each wife. So the kids are just sleeping on the floor for a month? That was the plan? Doesn't doesn't Hunter say that the sleeping arrangements aren't as bad as he thought or... They're not that bad or so. I'm like, yeah, he's like, oh, it's not that bad. Like, they just stay on like, one what side. Are you, what are you talking about? N- none of you have rooms. Yeah. Like, you know, Cody's got to get his pencil wet. So he's <laughs> like, the wives are going to have their own bedrooms. Yes. So where are these kids? Like, it's like sofas, pull out sofa mm-hmm. beds, sleeping on the floor and sleeping bags. I don't know what they're doing, but that's what they have going on. 
with how poorly this is planned, I understand that that was probably the best that they could do. But like, it's not even then. I don't even know if that's an excuse because you can't expect them to have just nothing for a whole month. Do they have beds? One thing I can't. I guess I could just throw down mattresses on the floor. But did they bring them? Did they end up bringing them or they just... We saw some being packed. Okay. You know, from what we saw. One thing I I can't really forgive the Browns on because, uh, what is it, 30 days out, they kind of figured they're moving, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, they're already looking for homes. They they know they're moving. Well, yeah. Kind of bugged me that I'm sure the school years for Utah and Nevada don't line up. Like, just because you're on break in Utah, that you know... They just don't line up. That was apparently the reason they had to do it, though, because it did line up. I am going to bet it doesn't. But if it does, great. If it doesn't, it kind of bugs me that they didn't have their school situation figured out Mm -hmm. or even at least what they tell us like, oh, we know what school they're going to go to. We just have to go fill out some paperwork. They make it seem like we fucking have none of that done. Oh, it does. Because even Hunter's like, yeah, we don't have a school. We're not going to school. There's no schedule every day. Not good. So that kind of bugged me. The other thing I wanted to close out on before we finish the episode, when Cody tells all of the kids that they are moving, it is so clear how much this place has meant to them. Not just the home, but their friends in Utah, their community. Um, There's obvious tears. There's the whole thing with Leon. I mean, Maddie... The point I wanted to make was it is amazing how many of them have moved back to Utah. Yeah. Whether it's Christine, McKelty, Leon is mm-hmm. back. Um, I think, I don't know where Peyton is. I think he's, I don't fucking know where Peyton is, but he's like in. No, I think he's in Utah. Yeah, he's okay. in Utah. And then uh, Leon was back briefly, but they're in Denver now. Okay. But there's a lot of kids like it in Utah. But, but it just goes to show you they have lived so long away from utah and in adulthood they still decided to come back yeah that's where they're comfortable all right anything else with these three amazing episodes no i am just excited to i think get to the part where we it's our faves it's my the whole cul-de-sac and (laughs) vegas all that time is it feels like it's such a good time for the brown family I'm really excited to cover those seasons. It'll be good. The wet bar. <laughs> Might want a wet bar. <laughs> all right. Thank you all for listening, for your kindness, your grace. Always. We appreciate you. I hope you have a good weekend and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. We'll see you later.